Hello folks, this is Chopping It Up with CJ. I'm your host, Chris James, and this is one of my off-season specials. I'm going to be ranking different positions uh, throughout the rest of the off-season until we start season three for the 2023 NFL season of the Chopping It Up with CJ podcast. So, I did quarterbacks, and I broke those up into four groupings. Um, You can check those out. They're the past episodes. That's the ones I just did. And I'm going to go kind of down the line of each position. I'm going to group some of them together where they make sense. I'll have more or less where it makes sense, etc. So moving down the line, right now we're going to do running backs. And I'm going to do the top 21 running backs in the NFL with the same criteria I have for quarterback. So what does that mean? I guess it's easy to rank players based on your own affinity, which to some extent I'm doing, right? But some people don't give criteria, right? I mean, PFF does their job, and I think they do a pretty good job of at least giving context or trying to uh, give a numerical value so that people who don't have as sharp of an eye, and that's not an insult, some people literally get paid lots of money to assess football players. Some people just watch the game because they enjoy it. So what PFF does is it tries to give numbers behind different position groupings, especially the ones that don't have statistics to really prove things out, case in point, offensive line, which is how they started. So that's just an example of one way to rank players. For me, I'm taking an average offense, and then I'll take an average defense when I get to the defensive players, and I'm going to apply them to that offense. I've been using the New Orleans Saints when I did my quarterback special. Um... Or should I say specials? Because there was four editions of those. And I'm basically just looking at the guys that I think have the best skill set that I can do things with. I'm using a very similar set of criteria, including age will be a part of the calculation. So will injury history. And based on utilization, as far as what they did maybe in 2022, whether it was in the NFL or college football, that might come into play as far as their utilization uh, as well. For those of you all who are uh, newer to the show, again, welcome. (laughs) But number two is the following. Uh, Go ahead and follow me on Twitter. I don't post as much as I usually do until the season comes along. But uh, go ahead and follow me there for football-related content. Uh, It's at CJFlorida9. It's at CJ, the entire state of Florida, spelled out in the number nine. And yeah, so that's what I'll be doing with the running back rankings here. I'm using running backs going from 21 through 1. Yes, I'm using 21 running backs. And I'm going to be using all the criteria for the running back I would want for my offense for the 2023 season only. Not into the next five years or three years or anything like that. For the entirety of the 2023 NFL season, these are the running backs I would want. I'm going to give some context behind each of them. But before we go into that, I actually want to talk to something that's related. Because running backs, I think, end up having this happen to them as well quite a bit. The NBA draft. Now, how are those two things related? We know who went number one overall in the NBA draft. And if you don't, I will tell you. It's Victor Wimbanyama, a player from France. Uh, he's a seven foot, at least three, uh, listed at seven, four, and seven, five in different places. But he is what you call extremely tall, right? He's in that poor Zingas model of person as far as being like seven, three, seven, four type guy. A little thin compared to what Yao Ming might have been as far as stature, things like that. <clears throat> but Wimbayama, you know, I, I, I've seen different publications. I've seen different, you know, outlets, things like that. 
and even, you know, I'll play video games. They list him as center. And they keep talking about how wispy he is for being a center. He's got to get bigger than that and this, that, and the other. I think they're doing a disservice to his game because everything that's described tells me that he's a point forward to some extent. He's he's more of a, a scoring full forward, right? A four slash three. A couple of reasons behind that is just the style of play. If you look at him play, at least from the clips, I have not watched a full game of this guy, but looking at the clips, there's nothing about him that says post game. See, it feels like they're trying to fit him into a box because he's tall. He's, and I'm taking this from Bamani Jones, he's tall man, not big man, right? So why the hell do we keep listing him as center? Even power forward, which is by the definition of how power, power forward used to be kind of put into play, he's not that either. He is more of a wing. He just happens to be gargantuan in height and arm length and wingspan. But it applies to how they value people or try to fit people in a box in the NFL. Running back is one of those positions, quarterback, but usually running back, where they'll tell you because a guy is a little diminutive in stature comparatively, or the one that they continuously get wrong. They say he's small when he's short, but he's not small. And they say, oh, well, he can't be every down back because he'll get hurt. Well, you clearly don't think running backs can play longer than like three, four, five, six, seven at the longest year. So why the hell not run that joker into the ground? I remember them saying about Tariq Cohen and yes, he got hurt, but he got hurt in space. It wasn't that he didn't get the requisite carries to get hurt because of being worn down. He got hurt in space. Um, I just think it's weird that we keep trying to use our own limitations to limit someone else. You should be feeding into whatever they do really well, making them better at that, and then refining to some extent the small portions that are going to play in, right? If you don't do something exceptionally well, but you do something else exceptionally well, lean into what you do exceptionally well and make everything else at least capable or competent. So for Women Yama, I'm hoping that they don't use this very thin mindset and try to keep making him a center or a power forward of some extent. And let him play what seems like a more natural if you're placing people into their positions based on what they do. He's a small forward. So hopefully NBA does that. And hopefully for the running backs that get selected into the draft and get utilized in these schemes and systems, you don't have people who allow their own limitations to limit the player's ability to succeed. So without further ado, we're going to jump into the running back rankings, but I'm going to start. <laughs> seems like I'm jumping all around the place, but I will start with three players who are big names that are unsigned currently, at least to my knowledge. I'm doing this on uh, Thursday, uh, June 29th, and I'm going to go in order. So it's Leonard Fournette, Kareem Hunt, and Ezekiel Elliott, right? All right. So I'm going to tell you the fits for these players and where I think they should go real quick before we get these rankings going. So for Leonard Fournette, a guy who came out of LSU, had one of the most insane stat lines I've ever seen. It was like seven carries for 249 yards and three touchdowns. I think that's it. I remember seeing it at some point. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it's not far off. That's absurd. Dude played in the SEC, and I think he did that against Auburn, another SEC team. Seven carries, 249, and three touchdowns. Just stupid. For Leonard Fournette, the place where I would want Leonard Fournette to go based on what he has to offer at this stage of his career and also what's offered for that team is the New York Giants. He's an ideal at this stage, running back two, and can be used even two back sets because of how versatile a guy like Brian Dable has shown himself to be and having a mobile quarterback, Daniel Jones. 
Saquon is still that guy. So there would be no competition between him and Leonard Fournette for RB1. But what there would be is someone who can come in the room and show those younger guys the ropes. You know, the Jason Corbins of the world. Those younger guys who have talent. Like, I don't sit here like some folks and believe that that Giants running back room is bereft of talent. What I think they're bereft of is notable talent behind uh, Saquon Barkley. People aren't familiar with these guys. They have the ability. Now, what bringing a guy like Leonard Fournette in would do is in those critical moments when some of the younger guys may make a mistake. Let's say Saquon, who has unfortunately had some injury issues that have nagged him. Let's say Saquon is out for a week. Or let's say Saquon is just tired because... With all due respect, I think he's the catalyst to Daniel Jones having a quality season last year. Well, if it's third down and seven to go and it's late in the game, instead of having a guy who might not be able to pick up that blitz protection that you can trust with one of those younger guys, you can have a Leonard Fournette who can come in and do that type of thing. And again, spell Saquon Barkley. Take uh, 40 to 50 of the necessary carries off his body because sometimes they keep you in the game when they don't need to because they... <laughs> That's the wrong way to put it. They keep you in the game when they could give you a breather because they need to because it's a critical play. You can trust a guy like Leonard Fournette, and I think the Giants would be an ideal place for him. Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt. We all know about what's happened with Kareem Hunt, this, that, or the other. Whatever. I still don't know what Cleveland was doing with Kareem Hunt over the last year. It didn't make much sense in my, my mind. But Kareem Hunt, I think the ideal fit for him would be Jacksonville. Uh, he can be used in greater deals of situations in single back sets and also he can be the primary third down guy that's not to say uh, Travis Etienne can't be a third down running back or a three down running back that's not it it's more so again those blitz uh, those blitz pickups and protections and also being a good spell back this is a situation where they kind of ran against another guy who has some nagging injuries that happen and for me it's kind of his running style that plays into it um a little bit of a flat foot nature to it, but just explosive out of being flat footed, which just does not match up. But I think Kareem Hunt would be an ideal fit here to be used in single backs and thirds downs. And then the final guy is Zeke Elliott, who I think should go back on a smaller deal or a less expensive deal to the Dallas Cowboys. Um, he's the ideal third down back in the NFL. Because third down backs need to understand everything that the quarterback is doing and then be an outlet. See, Zeke isn't as explosive as he used to be because they pounded that dude into the ground and overutilized him, which happens. So he can't get to the hole on normal running plays as quickly as he would back in the past. That doesn't mean he's still not a good running back. What he is now is he is a running back who has always been a good pass protector, but understands when to release, understands how to do things once he gets in space. And if it's third and seven and Zeke is able to get out on the screen, Zeke's not dumb. Dude is still a high-level vision running back. He just, his body's not going to respond the same way it used to. So if you get him out on the screen, I think Zeke Elliott could break it. But he knows how to run on a screen. Some guys, they're over-aggressive. Uh, Some guys, they're they're too patient. Zeke doesn't have that issue. His issue is his explosiveness isn't to the same level it used to be. And he can still be utilized as a goal back because he's still got some powerful legs and drive. And in those mush situations on the, on the goal line, he can figure out where the hole's going to be instead of, you know, at midfield when the hole needs to be assessed and then gotten to quicker. Goal line, it's it's all condensed, so he'll be able to get the job done. So those are the three unsigned running backs of note who I don't think are going to, who aren't believed to be signed soon, I should put it, or position it as.
So let's jump into these top 21 running backs. And I'm going to start with number 21 and go down. Uh, 12 minutes into the show, you finally get into what you're here for. So we're going to start with number 21 and a guy who I think is one of the more talented running backs in the NFL, but this poor man, his, his health can't get right. And that's Rashad Penny. Now, some of you all are going to say, that's insane. Rashad Penny, top 21 or whatever. He's not even, quote unquote, a starter in his system. All Rashad Penny does when he actually gets the chance to get carries is average about six yards per carry. Breaks out and gets the job done. The problem is Rashad Penny cannot be depended on for a full season. So I would go into it if he was my running back, my RB1 going into the season. I'd want him as my RB1, but I know that I need an RB2 and even an RB3 behind him because of that injury history. But while he's healthy, he's one of the top 10 running backs in the NFL as a pure runner. That's my belief. You can tell me I'm wrong and I'm fine with that. But I'm telling you what I've seen since he came out of San Diego State. He'd be my number 21 guy. My number 20 guy is Tony Pollard. Now, he's coming back off an injury. I think he'll be fine off the injury on a personal level because of things that I've heard. Not that I'm a PT or anything like that. I've heard it from people who are. Notably, Stefania Bell. And I believe them. Okay. I believe her, I should say. Okay. Here's my issue with Tony Pollard as to why he's number 20 and not higher. Tony Pollard is not a pure running back. Tony Pollard is a move piece and explosive. Could I use him as my number one running back? Yes, but I'd have to have the understanding of what he does. He should never be on the field in third down. Not because he's not explosive as the primary running back. Not because he's not explosive enough and all these things. It's because he's still developing the nuances of the game that are associated with it. He, to me, is more of a joker role guy in that position. Now, as the true tailback, I haven't seen him be able to carry it for a season, but when I've seen him get carries in a game, I've seen him be explosive. I can trust that. What I need, though, is a perfect complement to him, a guy like Zeke Elliott, as well as another backup running back that's a little more in the more traditional running back role than Pollard. Pollard's explosiveness and what he's done in very small sample sizes gives me some confidence to be able to put him on this list, but not higher because... I don't know if he's yet at the level from a vision standpoint and a feel standpoint of the guys who are ahead of him. Number 19 is Ramondre Stevenson. Stevenson is, I don't want to say throwback running back because that's wrong, but what I will say is throwback to the early portion of this uh, century, basically the, the 2010s, okay? 2000, 2010s. Probably around 2010 was probably his best time to be a running back. This guy is a guy who gets it there, can find a hole, hard noses through it. What he's not is overly explosive. He is more patient in the way that he approaches things, and that's why he's been able to work out for the New England Patriots. He's also a pretty natural pass catcher and does well in pass pro. So I think that he'd be effective in my scheme. Just as a reminder, that the offense that I'm using for all of these people is just the New Orleans Saints. It's just that offense, blah, 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 okay? Um, so it would be Ramondre Stevenson at number 19. Number 18 is a guy playing in the same division coming off of an injury, and that's part of the concern here, and that's Brees Hall. All Brees Hall has done has been productive. Literally, going back to Iowa State, he was productive. Scored a bunch of touchdowns, ran for a bunch of yards. Gets the NFL, he was productive. And he unfortunately tore his ACL. Now, that would concern me to some extent because he's right off of an ACL tear. Sometimes those guys come back and they're good. Sometimes they come back and they're great, but that's small number. That's Adrian Peterson-like. But unfortunately, some guys come back and they're a year away. So will he be a year away? He's further down the list. I think from a natural running standpoint, he is a top 10 running back in the NFL. 
He is like a Rashad Penny, a little under him, but I feel like he is a top 10 caliber talent. It's the fact that he is coming off an ACL injury and I don't know how he's going to return. And this is specifically for the 2023 season. Number 17 is Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon is a very interesting running back for me. Joe Mixon's like a better version of Tony Pollard in some ways. Um, Runs kind of upright sometimes. I don't particularly like that as a running back, uh, running style. Uh, he's been effective. He was effective even going back to Oklahoma, but I never saw him as that true vision running back. He was more of a get the ball to him in space talent. And he's done that in the NFL. Sometimes it's lent itself to huge games. Fantasy football owners know from last year when he had five touchdowns, but there's not a lot of consistency with Joe Mixon. So while he's still, because he hasn't taken a huge beating physically able to be a high level running back in the NFL. I can't put him much higher because he's still not able to utilize some of the other things that people ahead of him on the list are again, a little bit of an upright runner and he's better in space than he is as a natural running back with Bishop. Number 16, a guy who is one of the most crisp natural running backs in the NFL, but all the other things give me concern. And that's Deandre Swift. DeAndre Swift is a top five running back for what you want from a running back. The vision, the feel, the balance, the speed, all of that as a combination. DeAndre Swift is top five in the NFL. Issue, DeAndre Swift hasn't had a healthy season since never. At Georgia, he didn't have him. Here in the NFL, he hasn't had him. And it's very sad to see because it's not because this dude isn't busting tail and trying to get things right. Uh... You don't hear those types of words about him and his work ethic. You've seen that he works hard and you've always heard that from everyone. The problem is it's just persistent. So with that being the issue, I can't trust him as much as some of the running backs that are ahead of him on this list. He's going to be an excellent piece for Philadelphia to pair up with Rashad Penny. That backfield is going to be stupid. Oh my goodness. But yes, DeAndre Swift is one of those guys who can do all of this stuff. He's actually developed himself into a fairly natural pass catcher. That wasn't his strength early at Georgia. And I remember at the combine back in 2020, I asked him about that. Basically to see, you know, what did you do? How did you get better at this? You, you went from looking like this is something that you had to do to looking like something that you did just from day one. And, you know, he, he talked about how he worked hard on, you know, little things, things that you think people are doing, but not everyone's doing, you know, drugs, extra work, trying to work, like find guys to work out with him to, to do that and get him as a more natural pass catcher. Okay, well, that was number 16. Number 15 is going to be A.J. Dillon from Green Bay Packers. Now, you're going to sit here and you're going to say, A.J. Dillon, he's not even a starter on his team. I, I don't care. I, I'm just going to tell you that. I, I don't care. I've watched A.J. Dillon since he was at Boston College, and what you've seen is you expect from him being six foot 250 that he's just going to be this big plotter. No, he actually is fairly nimble for a guy that size. It's actually impressive that he's able to be as nimble and as quick-footed as he is at that size. It's kind of the... Derrick Henry isn't like that, and we'll get to him later, but Derrick Henry is a... Once you get him going, you're not catching him. That's a that's a locomotive that's just moving. But if you're able to not let his feet get going, you can get him sometimes. A.J. Dillon is the quick in the whole guy. The thing is, he doesn't have that long distance speed. I will rely on a guy who has both vision, a fairly decent pass catcher. It's not his strength, but he does it pretty well. It does not look like a detriment in this game. 
if you can get to the hole, uh, you can do the job. AJ Dillon actually reminds me of someone who you all don't even know, but Emory Hunt will know this guy, Dehaven Deronzelet from high school that we played uh, with and against. Dude just was built different, and the quickness with the foot quickness was absurd. But it was just got long speed and also some of the balance stuff. <laughs> but again, that's high school. But that's who pops in my mind on a personal level when I see AJ Dillon, a guy who, again, quicker feet than you expect for a guy who's, you know, six foot, six foot and a half inch, about 250 pounds. So AJ Dillon will be number 15. Number 14 is a guy who on many other lists will be ranked higher, but on my list, he is at number 14. That's Austin Eckler. This is not shade or slight at Austin Eckler as a player. From a fantasy football standpoint, which is something else that I do here, Austin Eckler's top three. Maybe top five because we need to see what's going to happen. I think five is probably a better place to put him this year, but that's neither here nor there. We're talking about the actual on-field stuff. Austin Eckler is exceptional at staying on the field. You think that's me trying to insult him. Maybe it's a backhanded compliment in some people's minds, but availability is a massive ability. And in general, he's been able to stay on the field the last couple of years. Some guys haven't. That's why he's had the production he's had. I think that he's got adequate everything. He is a jack of all trades. He's an adequate. Uh, he's actually a, a good pass catcher. He is got at least above average vision, uh, pretty average speed. He doesn't do anything poorly. So you being a jack of all trades and being available. Those aren't the things that make me say, wow. They're the things that make me confident in you. That's why I put him ahead of a lot of guys. Like, I think DeAndre Swift just flatly is a better running back than, than Austin Eckler. I think that flatly. But if I had to depend on one of those two guys, unfortunately, because of history, I'm going to depend on Austin Eckler because I know what Austin Eckler is going to give me. It's consistency. There's not a lot of wavering. But that's not a guy that I want as the game breaker. I'm looking more for game breaking running backs on a personal level. That's just me. Okay. So, that's why I have Austin Eckler at number 14. Again, it sounds like slider shade, but that's just me and how I value running backs. But if you had them higher, you're not wrong, especially if you value durability more than uh, other folks do. I kind of hedge between the two personally. Number 13 is a guy who had a breakout season and led the NFL in rushing yards last year, and that is Josh Jacobs. The thing that I like about Josh Jacobs is when he was coming out of Alabama, he didn't get a massive amount of carries, which was a great thing. It was the quickness on cuts. He would make that aggressive boop, foot in the ground cut, that flag football cut. I loved seeing that. But he would also use power and drive and run through you. I think he played, it was him and Damian Harris. Damian Harris was one of the, he was more of the, the power back. And Josh Jacobs had that quickness. Uh, in the NFL, he's had some ups and downs. Things have worked out well for him last year. You know, former first round pick. Uh, but he exploded onto the scene. The problem is because of how hard he runs, because of the way that he runs, he has a higher uh, possibility of injury. Uh, he's played through some injuries quite a bit. Tough dude. No insult there. The problem is I think that these wear, this, this wear and tear situation in 2023 could actually negatively impact him. And that's why I have him outside of the top 10. I think with what he showed last year, he showed that he is a high level running back but usually after that many touches in a season especially when you've had some injury concerns in the past and especially if you play through them you can only be so tough man and 
I, I, I would I would value him here. But at the same point in time, I think he's a better talent than 13. But at the same point in time, I, I, I just do think there's a little bit of an injury risk with him. Another former Alabama running back is number 12 on this list, and that's Najee Harris. Now, Najee Harris is, to me, a better version of Joe Mixon. Another upright runner, right? But the quickness with the feet is pretty doggone high quality. Okay? The vision, above average. His best trait compared to his contemporaries, he's top five in this. His ability to split out, honestly, body control when going to catch passes. Very high level. You know, he might move down the list a little bit in that respect and regard because of the two first riders that came in this year, especially B.J. Robinson. But Najee Harris also does not really get injured much. The biggest issue he has is long straight line speed, which is not high level. And also, sometimes he gets impatient. It does happen with him. Uh, So I will be able to depend on him to do all the things I need him to do. I'm not going to expect him to be a huge game breaker, but at the same point in time, maybe I don't need that in my offense. Number 11 is another Alabama running back. It looks like we're just going down. Might as well just call this the Alabama show at this point, from a running back standpoint. But that's the dude I just talked about coming in the league or one of the first round picks. That's Jameer Gibbs. Guy I respect and work with, Emory Hunt, had him as his RB1 for this past year's draft. While I didn't agree with him, I had him as RB2. And I understood what Emory meant by it. Now, some people lost their minds, and I thought it was fairly pathetic to lose your mind about something that you honestly have an opinion about. We all have an opinion. But there's no, there's very few facts when it comes to can't miss this, that, or the other. My issue with Jameer Gibbs is the unfortunate portion of how his game went this past year. What does that mean? Jameer Gibbs played like a guy who's further up on the list that I don't think he would have played like if he never existed. What do I mean? The comp was to Alvin Kamara, and I understand why. I think Jameer Gibbs also probably mirrored his game after Alvin Kamara a bit. If Alvin Kamara never existed, just like when Le'Veon Bell was coming, like was, was really rolling, some people started to try to do that stop-start stuff. That was natural to him. Alvin Kamara's balance and the way he does his stop-start stuff, that's natural to him. I think Jameer Gibbs probably tried to emulate some of those things. If Alvin Kamara never existed, I think this dude would have been Jamal Charles. That type of hit it, go. But sometimes he's he, he bounces and he doesn't see the hole as well as he should or doesn't trust it, I should say. I think he has pretty good vision, but that trust. He needs to develop more of that. And that's the reason that he's number 11 and not higher. I think he is uh, an exceptional running back. He's just got to get some of that lack of trust of seeing what he sees out of his system. Again, rookie, never played in the NFL, so I have him here. After the season's over, he has the capability of being a top five guy, especially as some of these other guys, unfortunately, age out of the, the, the situation, the way the NFL utilizes them. So Jameer Gibbs is here because of all the stuff he can do. The unfortunate portion is he's got to actually get his feet wet of how the NFL game will be played because I think he wasn't playing the NFL game when he was in college. He was playing the high school game of, I'm a better athlete than you, so I'll just run around you sometimes instead of just trusting his vision. Number 10 is a guy that I actually want to talk about in the same category because he's related to the first three guys I talked about, and that's Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook is only number 10 here because Dalvin Cook has had injury struggles. Every year, I don't think Dalvin Cook's played more than 14 games in the season, I, and I might be wrong on that. 
but I think he's missed at least two games each season due to injury. Maybe last year changed it, but that's a problem. He had offseason sh- shoulder surgery, which should help him uh, this upcoming season. Well, because of his cap hit and because of what he is wants as money, at least from a reporting standpoint, what's alleged he wants his money, he's not signed. I understand the Vikings getting rid of him on the cap hit side of it. Now, someone needs to pick him up. And these are the teams that I think in order he would benefit going to. And then we'll get into his skill set. But number three, the third team that should pick him up, number three on the list of fits for him, the Washington Commanders. Now that they've brought in Eric Bieniemy, they have what feels like certain pieces that should work well. Their Isaiah Pacheco will be Brian Robinson. A dude who just legitimately runs at you and does not care about uh, his or your well-being. All right, on the football field, folks, that's what I'm talking about. You have Antonio Gibson, who I think that experiment's kind of done. That's just my belief, right? He's They want to utilize him a certain way, and he just hasn't been that. I think if you bring in this guy, you bring in a Dalvin Cook to go along with Brian Robinson, Robinson can protect him from some of those, you know, goal line, short yardage things, but the, you know, 55% carry RB1 would be Dalvin Cook here, and that offense would be explosive as hell. And I'm pretty sure that Sam Howell would be very happy to have a guy like Dalvin Cook in his backfield. Number two is the team that everyone's talking about, the Miami Dolphins. You know, he's from Florida. He's from South Florida. Played at Florida State. All this stuff. Going home, right? Personally, I think it's a good fit, but I don't think it's the greatest fit. I don't think it's the best fit based on how Mike McDaniels like to rotate these running backs. I don't think a true groove can be gotten by Dalvin Cook going to this team. And I think it would just kind of get lost in the wash here. And especially with the other big personalities there, everyone wants to eat, not even to the detriment of someone else, but just everyone wants to eat. And I don't blame them. That's not the place for him to go, in my opinion. With everything sitting the way it does right now, I think Dallas Cowboys. They want to run the ball. He is a better running back than Tony Pollard. Let's get that out of the way. Let's not even have that conversation because it's a waste of our time. Uh, And Dallas has a lot of young guys on the roster that aren't ready to really carry that load. I still think Tony Pollard, if utilized as a joker role, kind of like the best role for an Alvin Kamara would have been, is ideal in that position while letting Dalvin Cook be the guy who carries the the ball. Basically, he'd be an upgrade of what Zeke was last year because, again, Zeke just doesn't have the juice left in his legs. The vision is still there, but the juice wasn't left. Dalvin still has the juice left. So he's number 10. Dalvin has all of those things. The biggest issue I have with Dalvin Cook is the fact that he does not play the full season, but he's too good to not have him at least a number 10. Number nine is a guy I just talked about, Nava Kamara. Let's throw the suspension out of the way. That doesn't count in this particular uh, situation. Clean bill of record, clean all that stuff. Alvin Kamara would be my number nine running back for my upcoming 2023 season. The reason being that he's not higher He's definitely not lower. Let's start on that side. The reason he's not lower than this, based on his age and all that stuff, is because Alvin Kamara doesn't take a bunch of big hits. I've rarely, if ever, seen Alvin Kamara get blown up. There's a lot of other running backs I've seen get sat down, blown up. He doesn't. It's almost like he utilizes your force of energy and puts it into uh, going in the other direction or spinning off of it, whatever. So that's why he is at this level as a minimum. Why he's not higher is because some of the things that the guys ahead of him do well, Alvin Kamara does not do as well with bulk carries. Alvin Kamara is not a bulk carry guy. He is one of the guys who works well in this new NFL 
where you don't get 20, 25 carries in a game, where you just need, you know, 15 to 18 touches to have a, a, lo- a lot of effectiveness. And his touches should come in space so that he can actually show you what he can do. This dude is hard to tackle, but if you run him into a bunch of really big guys, it's much easier to tackle him. That's why Alvin Kamara would be my number nine starting running back, but I would know to utilize him a little differently from some of the other people here. Number eight is Travis Etienne. The Clemson running back now plays for the Jaguars. Talked about it earlier. Etienne is explosive as hell for running flat footed. It makes no sense, but he's able to do that. He showed that he can carry the load as a true number one running back last year. He had some injuries, but guess what? I don't know many running backs who don't. There's very few outside of maybe Austin Eckler. But everything that he does, he does very well. Now, can he be a better third down running back? Absolutely. Usually these guys develop into that a little bit into their career. This is year three for him. So I think now he's going to start to get some of the nuances of that down as well. Because the running, the pure running, he's got. He's got that in spades. So that's why he's number eight on this list. Number seven, Bijan Robinson. Simply put, you know, I I made a comp and I don't want it to be the comp that, you know, destroys what you think of him. I comped him to LaDainian Tomlinson because from a visual standpoint, that's how LT looked like, like to me at TCU. He looked like this dude who you don't understand why he's getting past you. He wasn't like a blazer, the fastest person you've ever seen. He wasn't the biggest or strongest. He was just always running through people and not getting tackled able to get out on the edge, able to catch the ball and look natural, all of that stuff. Even some of LT in the NFL. Now, am I claiming he's going to ever be, you know, pretty much first ballot Hall of Famer, uh, (laughs) LaDainian Tomlinson? No, I don't know. I hope he is for his sake, but in the new NFL, it's almost impossible. What I will say is he's going to come in and from day one will be at least the seventh best running back in the NFL because of all the pieces he gets to put together. And he has higher level vision than a lot of these guys. He's got the full balance and complement. Some of these guys who have just as good or a better vision, like uh, DeAndre Swift, unfortunately have the injury bug. That's not what affects B. John Robinson. He's not a burner, but guess what? He's far from slow. He's a true 4-5-5 type guy, which that's fast in the NFL. I don't care what you say. If you have a good 10-yard burst and then you have above average speed, you can get the job done period. So B. John Robinson's number seven. He just does everything so well. And it makes me very frustrated as a Saints fan to see that he plays for the Falcons in an offense that should utilize him extremely well and not, it sounds like it should run him down. I think they're going to use more in between the tackles handoffs to a a guy like Tyler Algier, let him take some of that punishment and use a lot of their off tackle stuff for this particular guy and split him out and use him in the screen game. A lot of stuff. Speaking of that offense, that's going to be adjusted a little more, but it came from Tennessee. And my number six guy is Derrick Henry. Look, Derrick Henry is a cyborg, not a real person. He is uh, some sort of physical specimen that should not have ever played running back or been allowed to play running back uh, throughout his whole life because the dude just has destroyed at every level. I think he is, and I'm pretty certain of this, the only player in the history of You know what? I got to go look this up just to make sure. I think he's the only player to have 2,000 yards rushing in a season in high school, college, and the NFL. Then if he's not, oh, well. Someone else, it's got to be less than a handful. But 
he's until we keep waiting for him to fall off the cliff. He got a foot injury uh, the season before last. And we're like, oh, it's going to happen. And Derrick Henry still looked pretty good last year. So for 2023, I know it's coming to an end, but I'd rather be late on Derrick Henry than early. I would just have a backup. <laughs> like, just have a backup. A large portion of why I think he gets hurt is because they'll give him 25 carries in a game. Often. That just doesn't happen anymore. So he's one of the few guys that can actually hold up with that. Number five guy. This is one that I'm going to defend till the end of the day. The number five running back in the NFL. And this is, you know, I'll I'll, I'll go to the mat on this one. It's Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is one of the smoothest, best put together running backs in the entire NFL. His full game speaks to high level NFL running back. The vision, the explosiveness, the balance, the, the ability to work out in the pass game, all of it is high level. The only thing about his game that's not extremely high level and he's still adequate is pass pro. Cool. Don't care. Everything else is stellar. Aaron Jones is a top five running back in the NFL. And that's why Green Bay is still going to be an effective team this year with Jordan Love because they'll be able to lean on that run game with both A.J. Dillon and a guy like Aaron Jones. My number four guy is a guy who I've defended since he came out of uh, college. I said that he was uh, a better running back than people wanted to give him credit for. But I think his skin was his uh, running back sin in this one. And that's Christian McCaffrey. Yeah white guy so people um end up devaluing him because he plays the wrong position if he's a quarterback they probably give him too much credit but running back so people didn't realize how cold christian mccaffrey was until he forced him to see it so in your opinion on this honestly for the people who want to keep saying you know well he's not as high as man get that hate out of your heart just just do it because you're not watching the same team i'm watching christian mccaffrey has the vision all the stuff that you would like the only issue that comes from Christian McCaffrey is part of the injury concern. Guess what? San Francisco, they're utilizing him now in a role that is perfect for his skill set. He can run all the normal running back stuff. He can also do all of the Joker stuff that they're doing with him. And even sometimes be asked to come in and play quarterback in an NFC championship. So Christian McCaffrey's number four. Number three is a guy who is probably the best pure running back in the entire NFL as a runner and if he played in 1994 would probably be the second best running back in the NFL behind only Barry Sanders and that is Nick Chubb I once made the dumbest statement that I've made about a running back in Chubb's rookie year Carlos Hyde was starting over him and in a conversation I had online I was like well you know maybe he's a, maybe they think he's a jack now I shouldn't even have put just another guy next to Nick Chubb because in college, he was not just another guy. Balling at Georgia. Had a horrific knee injury. Came back from it. This dude is absurd. You don't want that smoke with Nick Chubb as a runner. I, he, he's averaging five yards a carry just all the time. And he's not even doing it in the manner that some other guys are doing it. Where it's like, oh, hit to the outside and go. A Matt Breida type guy. No, this dude is doing it with normal carries. The only issue I have with his game and why he's not higher and this is number three, is he is far from a natural pass catcher. He has become an adequate pass catcher, but that's still it, it still looks difficult for him to catch passes unless it's lay right there for him. So if that's the worst thing that you have is I'm still going to get all that value out of you. You're still the best, in my opinion, at least. Pure running, running back in the NFL. Yeah, 
you're going to be at least as high on my list. I'll just find other ways to do stuff like in the past game. Sorry. Number two is a guy who is one of the better pure running backs in the NFL and a better pass catcher, more natural looking. That's Jonathan Taylor out of Wisconsin. He did the job at Wisconsin. One of the things and knocks on him coming out was that he wasn't a pass catcher. Well, now he looks like a pretty good pass catcher. He's not, you know, you wouldn't say I'm going to run wide receiver routes with him, but that part of his game is no longer a detriment to him. Um, he had some issues last year, a lot of pressure. I think the Anthony Richardson addition is going to help him in on his real team. But on my team, if I had him as my running back, I utilize him where I need to. I would also do some do more stuff to get him in space. I, I, I believe in getting natural runners some of the in-space screen game going more often than people want to think. And not on third down. I think some first downs you should do some some you know, wacky screens or, or swing passes that masquerade as screens to get the ball in their hands and not have them have to run into big defensive tackles. Okay. And then my number one guy mentioned him earlier in this podcast. Go ahead and get it out of the way. Saquon Barkley, even with the injury concerns he's had in the past, guess what? Saquon has always been that dude, period. Saquon Barkley is the reason that you need to, as the NFL realize why running backs should be paid? Maybe not nearly as much as quarterbacks. Maybe not even as much as wide receivers. But way more than they're getting right now. And why a team like the Giants screwed the pooch on this one. Let me go ahead and get this out of the way. They should have paid Saquon Barkley for the next two seasons a pretty high level of money. With that third year pretty much being a dog year. Right? Give him the highest cap hit on running backs ever. So it will also increase the average on and they don't want to do this, but it would have increased the average on kind of the give off, give and take. It would have increased the average on that franchise tag. Okay, so you do that. And then you franchise tag Daniel Jones. And then you do it again. And when you actually have to pay Daniel Jones, by that time he's actually proven that he's worth it. And he doesn't need Saquon anymore because Saquon's on the way out. He's the reason Daniel Jones was good last year, folks. You can go look at the splits. You can do whatever you want to of him being on the field, not being on the field. Saquon Barkley does everything you ask a running back to do, and he does it at a high level. His biggest concern coming out of college was that he would bounce outside too much. He doesn't do that anymore. Guess why he was doing it? Because he could. He was fast enough, strong enough, good enough to get to the outside and beat you. That you, that run against USC in the Rose Bowl was stupid. The cutbacks, you don't find running backs who can do that. That's that's abnormal, period. Like What you think B. John Robinson is? That's what he is, but bigger and faster. That it, It's insane. Sa- Saquon Barkley is easily the best overall running back in the NFL, at least for right now. Maybe in three years, that won't be the case. But for 2023, that is certainly the case. So those are my running backs, the top 21. Um, these are the guys that I want as my running backs in that order. Uh, hopefully, I didn't shade anyone. If you think I missed someone definitely drop me a line and say who I missed and why. Don't just have the take of, well, you didn't get this person. You're stupid. Cool. Thanks for playing. No, you didn't get this person. You're missing this from the vision standpoint, blah, 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 blah. Give me some context. I like to learn stuff. I have my opinions and I think they're fairly educated, but I know I don't know everything. Only way I'm going to learn more stuff and get better at this is for people to challenge me, but challenge me with some information. Okay. So this is the running back's special for the offseason going into the 2023 season this is chris james signing off 
for the Chopping It Up with CJ podcast. Again, give me a follow on Twitter at CJFlorida9. That's at CJ, the entire state of Florida spelled out, the number nine. I'll be doing YouTube. That's also my name on YouTube as well. I'll be doing the, the podcast via video uh, for this next upcoming, the 2023 season. But I'm doing these off-season specials to finish out season two of the Chopping Up with CJ podcast. And we're going to drop wide receivers next. Wide receivers might be a little more in-depth of a conversation. I might do two parts for the wide receiver outlook. All right, take care, folks. Enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy the 4th of July if I don't talk to you before then. Be safe out there. Don't let any uh, foolishness of a quick time of having a good time that's, that's quick affect you more long term just don't do anything too stupid out there but enjoy your time with your family friends and just even if it's just yourself enjoy that time take care bye-bye